Alright, hello and welcome to the 83rd episode of Killing Time. My name is Arch Grieve and I'm your host, coming at you again from Dayton, Ohio. And today I'll be interviewing Chris Chapman. Chris is the executive director at Capital Analytics in Charlotte, North Carolina, where he oversees the Invest Charlotte project. On the side, Chris hosts the Next Level Minds podcast. So I'll talk with him about his work in Charlotte, his podcast, and more. So let's give him a call now. Hey, Chris. Hello, and welcome to the Killing Time podcast. Uh, thanks for coming on the show. How are you doing? Good, man. I'm, uh, I'm super excited for this. I know we've had this scheduled for a little bit now, so thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, before we uh, get to you know my other questions, um, I wonder if we could just start off, maybe um, just maybe tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. So um, currently, as we sit right now, I live in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, uh, I work for a company that makes annual business reports for cities. So think of uh, Forbes magazine, for example. But instead of Forbes, they're uh, called Invest and then the city name. Uh, so I cover our Charlotte region right now. Um, we essentially, we interview about 300 CEOs on why they should, should do business here in the city. Um, so I have a great opportunity to really have a strong network um, here in Charlotte because of that. My goal is really to build relationships with all these CEOs. Um, I also host uh, Next Level Minds podcast, uh, where it's mainly gener- generated towards personal development. Um, do that on the side, and then I also do uh, you know some, some coaching uh, related to that, that personal development space as well. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at currently. Um, but, uh, you know, growing up, I grew up very, uh, very middle class, right? You know, I always had a roof over my head, but was, uh, you know, we never really went on any family vacations, we drove older vehicles, we never really did anything elaborate, small, you know, little one-story, three-bedroom, two-bad house, um, but that's really where I got a lot of my kind of entrepreneurial side that I have now, um, because at an early age, you know, I started to, to, to want to make money for myself, right, you know, if sure. I wanted to go to the to the movies or if I wanted to go, uh, you know, I was really into surfing growing up, you know, if I wanted a new board or something, it, it wasn't like, Oh, Hey mom, Hey dad, like, can I get some money for this? It was, Hey, no, like figure out how to get it for yourself. Um, and so that taught me a lot right at an early age. And it was just the, the typical, you know, random entrepreneurial things. Like I would hang people's Christmas lights. I would uh, cut people's grass. I would, you know, wash the windows, like literally just going around the neighborhood at a young age, making money for myself. And, uh, so kind of fast forward from there, you know, that transitioned to high school, you know, I worked all throughout high school, had a grocery store, right? So I had that kind of time management instilled in me of like, hey, here's how to balance class, here's how to balance work, here's how to balance social life. Um, so that, all that said, you know, that's really transitioned to, to where I am today of being able to, to really balance, you know, a podcast, coaching, social relationships, and have a lot of friends and a big network around this area. Uh, and at the same time, you know, work at a very high demanding type role here as, as a, you know, an executive position at a younger age. Um, so very thankful for, for all those opportunities because it's really shaped to the person I am right now. Awesome. And I, you know, I've been to, um, North Carolina before. I don't think I've ever been to Charlotte though. And I am not the greatest at North Carolina geography. (laughs) I've been to Asheville. How far are you from there? (laughs) Yeah, well, if you haven't been to Charlotte, you're uh, you're missing out big I know. time. 
Uh, let me let me just tell you. And uh, from, from Asheville, you know, we're sitting probably at about two hours right now. Okay. Well, yeah. I'm curious then too. Could you talk a little bit more about um, Invest Charlotte and um, and what you do there? And you know, it, it sounds like you know Charlotte's a great place to invest. I'm curious why. What makes it so? Yeah. So really, there's a, there's like a big why behind Charlotte. Um, you know, Charlotte ha- has been on the come up, in, in my opinion, ever since the 2008 um, financial crash. Because Charlotte, and it still is, right? It was always known as like more of a banking center, right? Um, and so ever since 2008 happened, what Charlotte has really done is realized, okay, like we can't really depend on one particular industry. Uh, and because of that, you know, Charlotte now has, you know, Honeywell, for example, which is a Fortune 500 company. They have Lowe's, they have Linden Tree, they have, uh, you know, Bank of America, they have... Uh, a big merger happening between a healthcare provider and a medical school to create a big medical campus in Charlotte. So Charlotte has done a great job from a business perspective at diversifying its economy. Um, now we're also starting to venture more into like technology, startups, venture capital, right? We're nowhere near some of these other cities like so San Francisco, the LA's, things like that. But there is a pretty entrepreneurial tech-focused community here now. So that's it from, like, the business perspective. And from a social perspective, what's super cool about Charlotte is in the downtown area, which local Charlotte individuals call that uptown. Um, and we have an NBA basketball team, the Hornets. We have an NFL team, the Panthers. We have a MLS team now. And we have a, a minor league baseball team, the Charlotte Knights. All of those stadiums are literally within walking distance from each other. So uh-huh. hypothetically, not that this would happen, but if every if all four of those teams had a game in the same day at separate times, you know, four ish hours apart, you could literally go to all of those games. Uh, and so that's something that's super unique. And the other thing is, from the arts and culture perspective, everything is right there as well. I mean, the the main theater where all the performances happen is smack dab right in the middle. Some of the top museums that people go to are right there. And that's not even touching on the nightlife of having, you know, there's about 25 breweries kind of within the few mile radius of downtown. Uh, and at the same time, there's a little bit of thing, there's a little bit of the nightlife for everyone. I mean, if you're more of a, hey, I'd like to go to a wine bar type of guy, hey, go to a wine bar. If you're more of a brewery person or if you're more of an upscale kind of cocktail place, all the way to, you know, if you just graduated and you want to have one of those nights like you had in college, staying out till 2 in the morning, there's <laughs> places like that as well, kind of all wrapped in the same area, which is amazing. Now you're, you're talking my language now, uh, especially with the breweries. <laughs> I, uh, are there any um, brands in Charlotte that I might recognize that kind of distribute nationally? Um, yeah, there's Sycamore Brewing. Oh, yeah. Um, they're, they're around, you know, they usually have two or three of their uh, brews, maybe nationally. They have about 25 at the brewery. And then uh, Legion Brewery is another one um, okay. that, that's getting more popular. And then I would say on a more national level, I mean, this is more Asheville, but they, they do serve a lot of this here is uh, Sierra Nevada Brewery in North Carolina. Oh, right, yeah. I do think, I think I visited the Sierra Nevada one, but yeah, I'll have yeah. to check out some of those other ones too my wife I, I'm sure she loves art and so I'm sure she would love for me to ask uh, you mentioned some museums are there are there art museums downtown yeah there's there's definitely art museums um, there's the Mint Museum uh, which is pretty cool 
Um, and there's a, a lot of kind of historic museums, like the African American Museum in Charlotte. Um, and then from an art perspective, there's Discovery Place, um, which is more more geared towards kids, but they do have some adult style attractions in there. Um, and then one of my favorites is the the um, Beckler B E C H T L E R Museum of Modern Arts. Um, so that's pretty cool. And and what's unique too is like. You know, for example, my wife and I really both like breweries, but maybe we have some friends coming to the area, like you mentioned, that really like art. And it's like, oh, let's just park downtown. We can pop into the museum for an hour and make sure that they kind of get their social side that they like. Then we can walk over to a brewery and, hey, then we can end the night, maybe go into a basketball game, again, park in one spot, and you're able to really walk to all that as well. That's awesome. Um, Another thing that Charlotte has done, like, an incredible job at, is we build a light rail, which is uh, above above ground subway, essentially. Uh-huh. Um, very, very, very easy to access. I mean, it's not like New York where you have to like swipe a card in and the gate opens. It's like you literally just have an app on your phone uh, with a pass and you can just walk right on. Um, they built this above ground subway from downtown about 20 minutes south. So you like center of downtown south about 20 miles and then north about 20 miles all the way up to university of north carolina charlotte which has about 30,000 students they started building this you know 10 years ago when people started realizing oh my gosh like charlotte's growing fast we need to make sure that we have kind of a public transportation so it doesn't get bombarded with traffic and so that's something very unique unlike you know atlanta for example who now is like trying to build more public transit, but they did it backwards. Instead of preparing more in advance, they were like, oh, let's just wait till people get here, then we'll do it. Versus Charlotte was like, hey, we're already very popular. Let's try to build this transportation network before it becomes, you know, one of the top cities to move to, which they did a good job at. Oh, that's smart. Yeah. Nice. Well, I, I want to talk to you a little bit about your your podcast um, I listened to it a little bit um, but can you maybe tell us a little bit about the next level minds and what it's all about and um, just kind of what yeah what drives it I guess yeah yeah so I, I started this um, uh, I started this for two reasons one growing up you know, I grew up like I said I grew up fairly middle class right but I grew up in a more wealthier area uh, in Charleston South Carolina so Charleston you know you can grow up middle class or there's people you know that have five, 10, 15 million dollar homes, uh, a couple neighborhoods down from where, you know, you may live in your three bedroom, two house. And because of that, like I was always very interested when I would drive through those neighborhoods because growing up, I would like cut people's yards. So I saw like a lot of different houses. I was always so interested of like, all right, like why don't we have this house? But then this other guy, the same age as my parents has this, you know, mega mansion with a pool on the water. Like, so I was always interested, like, how did they do that? Uh, and I was always interested in like helping others, you know, even growing up, like as a high school student, I spent a lot of time volunteering or even just talking through things with people trying to give them advice. And so when I got up to Charlotte after I graduated college in 2018, I kind of thought, all right, I love hearing success stories. I love hearing how people built their business or built their brand or built their career. And I also love to impact others. So I was like, what's a good vehicle that I can kind of combine those two efforts? And that's kind of the birth of the Next Level Minds podcast. Um, and so we speak with entrepreneurs, founders, authors, athletes, um, 
really on how they built their their business and got it from point A to point B and overcame failures along the way. Because I think a lot of people look at successful people and say, oh man, like that's great that they're there, but what did they do to kind of get there? You know, when they were 25 or 26, what were they doing? And so I kind of try to break down those stories. Um, we're on episode 75 right now. Um, I, uh, nice. My wife and I got got married actually in July of last year, and then we yeah, bought a house in September. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, super, super pumped about that. Um, we bought a house in September, and uh, so I took a break to like you know handle the wedding, move into the house because I was like, man, I'm not going to record this the way I want with all these boxes around. So. We're starting it back up. Uh, actually, I got an episode that I'm recording next week, and will officially be launched back uh, number 76, um, April 4th. So I'm really excited to kind of start a new season with it right now. Awesome. Um, I'm curious who who are some of maybe the interesting guests you've had on the show, just to give people an idea of like what what kind of people uh, you talk to. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I had um, the Lemonade Life found, or, uh, author, uh, Zach, on there. He was Zach Friedman. So what's interesting about him is he's written a few books. He's been on, like, Fox Business, CNBC, Wall Street Journal. Um, but he also has been mentored a few times by Warren Buffett. Um, so he, he really paints, like, an interesting perspective. Um, and he's all about, you know, living life by your design. Um creating lemonade out of lemons which is kind of what he, he his claim is like hey you're not always able to pick the lemons that you're given but when you do you need to design your life how you want so that's a really good episode about that um and then i'd say one of my favorites was uh recently i had uh josh kaufman who wrote uh the personal mba um which is essentially everything you learn in an mba program for nine bucks because that's how much the book cost and wow. broken down into like 300 pages um and what's like why i'm so excited about that is i read the book and got like took a ton of notes and i just kind of messaged him um on instagram uh, on an email and i was like hey you know i read your book i like that you mentioned boom 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 i'd love to have you as a guest and like he actually ended up saying like yeah let's do it um and so that was probably one of my favorites because if if you're you know 15, 20 years in business and you listen to that episode, you're still going to probably learn something new or if you're brand new in business and you just want to hear kind of a big snapshot of, of everything, that's a perfect episode for you as well. Nice, okay. I got to check those two out then for sure. Yeah, Josh is uh, episode 74 and then Zach Kaufman is, or Zach, uh, sorry, Zach Friedman is uh, episode 55. All right, awesome. Well, and you know, continuing, I guess, on the topic of the Next Level Minds brand, I guess, I, I think I understand you yeah. You also do some other things under that brand, right? What, what else do you do? Yeah, so it originally started as a podcast, but, but as mentioned prior, you know, I always, you know, had a knack for wanting to give people advice, kind of walk them through different things. Um, and so it's recently launched into more of a coaching brand, um, where my kind of target audience is, uh, you know, I'm only 26, right? But I've been very fortunate and blessed to grow significantly, you know, in my career as well as some of these side hustles. So my target kind of demographic that I like to work with is anywhere from 18 to, you know, 23, 24. Um, and also kind of my main niche is helping recent college graduates transition from college to the workforce because I do think that that's a tough transition because, 
you go from college where you have, you know, two classes a day, three at max, and then you have an hour or two of study time, and then you have, you know, 10 hours of free time for four years all the way to graduating college to then working usually entry-level jobs depending on where you work but usually that first year of work you're really having to put in you know 60 70 hours to make you know an impact and grow quickly and at the same time so you went from doing a little bit of work to now 60 70 hours a week to now living on your own to now trying to budget your money to now trying to keep up with your fitness to now keeping up with your habits and then a lot of people just kind of burn out that that first year is, is what i've noticed i mean that's the, the highest turnover right now in, in companies is recent graduates. Um, and I think it's because that reason of, of the transition can be tough. So right now it's, it's more B to C, meaning I'm just working kind of one off with individuals, but what I am working on right now and getting this launched by, uh, by mid, mid 2022 is turning us into more of a B to B play where I partner with companies who frequently hire college graduates and actually offer an employee benefit where I put their newly staffed recent graduate employees through an eight to 10 week program related to all those habits and, and everything I just mentioned with the end goal of reducing turnover. And then we make money by a percentage of turnover costs. So if you hire 10 people out of college making $50,000 a year, uh, and you know, seven of them leave, well, turnover costs are actually two times salary. So you just lost $700,000 if seven people leave within a year. Uh Um, And so my goal would be to come in and maybe reduce that seven people that are leaving to uh, only, you know, three or four, right? Because it's impossible to get 10 out of 10 people to stay because life comes up. So the goal is really to reduce that end turnover for employers. Gotcha. Well, so... Uh, one thing I know that you talk about too on your show is kind of how to balance your side hustle with your full-time career. And I wonder, you know, what, what advice you might have to, to share on that topic? Yeah. So I think two things that it, that it really starts with is, um, energy management and, uh, energy management and time management. So energy management, right? You only have so much energy in a day. Um, and so, I think that's something that often gets overlooked is like, okay, people figure out time management. Hey, block off, which I'll touch on in a bit, you know, block off the calendar, do this, do that. Uh, But then their energy starts to to fall off a bit. So for me, I really focus on energy management. You know, every, I do a lot of meetings per day. I do podcasts, I do a lot of stuff, but between everything I do, so between a meeting or between an email, I take a second just to breathe, just to relax and just to kind of recenter. Um, and that really helps me maintain my energy and keep those levels high. Um, and another thing I do related to energy, uh, which I'm sure a lot of people will agree with this because health and wellness is now being, you know, more, more talked about as the days go on. And so, you know, getting in the gym, whether it's, you know, just for 15 minutes or an hour, like that's something I do every day. Um, and I'm not over here, you know, maxing out every single day. You know, for example, it could be a Saturday morning. Hey, I got a free 20 minutes. I'm going to go do, you know, 10 minutes of incline walking versus Monday through Friday is more lifting weights. Um, and doing the daily exercise, small or medium or, or big exercise, you know, that has really helped me with my energy levels. And then the last thing is uh, the past, you know, ever since um, 
ever since like July, I would say, of 2020, you know, when like COVID happened in March and like things were starting to, at least in the Southeast, were, like starting to open up a bit in July and August of 2020, um, I really got invested into supplements, right? So I started buying like a lot of different vitamins, some cognitive supplements, um, you know, doing a lot of research, listening to a lot of podcasts on different ones that work. Um, and that's really helped me perform at a high level because I was, you know, doing some research. If you think about, so if you look up some of the top athletes and top CEOs and top just high performers in life, they invest a lot, a lot of money back uh, back into themselves. I mean, I think Russell Wilson, obviously he's far better off financially than, than most people, but I think he invests about a million dollars a year back into himself of coaches, trainers, supplements, food sources. And so looking at these people that are performing at a high level, you know, I may not do a million dollars a year, but hey, I'll do, I'll do a couple hundred dollars a month, whether it's a coach or a supplement or higher quality food, and that's really helps. And then the second point is time management. And so something that I do is Sunday is like my big day of, of planning. You know, I'm not sitting here working like eight hours, like a Monday through Friday at work or anything, but what I am doing is I do a Sunday checklist, which I would suggest all of your listeners to do this, even if you just have one thing going on, meaning work. Uh, the first thing I do is write out my goals for the upcoming week. Um, so they can be career goals, my financial goals, um, any personal goals, write those out. I look over my finances. So I just look over kind of like a budget that I have. I just look over maybe spending from the weekend just to make sure that I'm on track to save what I want per month. Um, I look over at work emails. I'm just kind of lightly skimming them to say, all right, what do I have coming to the plate Monday? I post a lot of content on LinkedIn, like videos, photos, written word, um, been able to receive, you know, five to 15,000 views per post. That's been a two year process, but wow. I make my content for, for LinkedIn. And then the last two things I do is I check all my emails and my LinkedIn DMs and my Instagram DMs. Um, and just say, okay, a lot of them are spam, right? But I do check all of them because you never know like what someone could be sending you. Someone could send you like huge opportunity. I mean, I could get, not that I'm at this level by no means, but I mean, I could have a random email by, you know, how I built this podcast, which is one of the top podcasts in the world of like, Hey, I want you to be a guest again, not at that level yet, but it's like, my thing is I want to look through every message just to make sure that I'm not missing an opportunity because I plant a lot of seeds. Like I send out a lot of messages. I do a lot of calls. I send a lot of emails to people just planting seeds for stuff I want. So you never know what that could happen. And then the very last thing I do is plan out my week. So I'm very regimented with my schedule. I know what I'm doing. Um, I know what I'm doing Monday through Saturday at the end of the day on Sunday. So like, I know what I'm doing at 7 PM on Monday. I know what I'm doing at Eight. I know what I'm doing right after this podcast. I know what I'm doing at eight. I know what I'm doing at nine. And that way, when I start the day on Monday, I just open up the computer and it's all execution versus strategy. Wow. I need to, I need to get my life together like that. That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Um, well, so going back a little bit to the side hustle thing, I wonder if you could talk a little bit do you have any advice for people on how to find, because it's hard maybe to find a good fit, um, uh, you know, for some kind of side hustle uh, that you're that you're looking at. So I wonder if you could talk about that. Yeah, and I, and I can speak from a failure, actually, on this and offer some good advice. So 
this is actually kind of my second venture that I'm working on. My, my first venture was with two co-founders. Um, we were trying to, this was in 2020 and 2021, we were trying to launch a, a mobile travel app where essentially you could log on, see a big map of the world, see where all of your friends that you're connected with on Facebook have been. I could click on your name if we were connected and I could actually book a, a similar trip to you. So instead of having to be like, hey, Arch, where'd you go when you went to Asheville? Like I could just click on your profile and book a similar itinerary as you did. Um, and we actually got some decent progress. I mean, we had a workable MVP app with a couple hundred users. Um, we had multiple conversations with investors. We got accepted into two startup accelerator programs. Um, we declined both of them. One, it was, one was in France, and none of us wanted to move to France for six months. And the second, the second one was in Texas. Um, but rather not use their names. They are a good organization. Their terms were just not what we were looking for. Um, and eventually, the project just kind of died out because we, we, when we started it, I think when you start a side hustle, this goes back to some advice. I think you need to ask yourself, like, how how risk adverse are you? We are risk. You know, we're risk tolerant, right? But we weren't the type of people to say, all right, let's cash out our 401k, let's refinance our house, let's put our whole entire savings into this project. Some people are like that, and some of the most successful entrepreneurs are like that. But our risk adverse was, hey, let's dedicate a pool of money each to this project, and as it starts to dwindle out, if we still haven't been able to launch on the App Store, or we still haven't received the funding that we want, let's just drop this project because it's not a good fit. And so that, it wasn't like a couple month process. That was a whole two year process. And so the biggest kind of failure with that, the biggest advice I'd say with the side hustle, like start something that you're really passionate about because I was passionate about travel, right? But I wasn't that passionate about technology. And I, you also need to start something that you know really well. You know, I, I, I've only been to one or two different countries and maybe like seven or eight states, right? If you're going to start a travel app, you need to be, very, very well versed in the travel industry and different cultures and different ways of doing things. So start something that you're passionate about, start something that you really know. And then third, if you're going to start something with uh, a co-founder or two, set it up just like you would at your job, where I'm sure for those that are working right now and more of a corporate job, I'm sure you have like an every you know, Monday or every Tuesday meeting with your team. And you may even talk three or four times a week and you have email chains like, we didn't really set any of that up. We had like a group text message and we would occasionally just be like, Hey, like, what are you guys doing Thursday at six? Like, let's hop on a quick zoom. And I think that's another reason why we failed is like, we worked really well together. We just had faults with our communication of like, sometimes we'd go two weeks without talking and it wasn't like we weren't working. It was like, we were each doing separate things in silos, but my encouragement and advice would be like, treat it just like you would a normal corporate job where it's like, you know what, like every Monday at six, we're going to talk on zoom every Wednesday at seven, we're going to talk again and give an update. And every, you know, Sunday morning or Sunday afternoon, we're going to talk again, just to update each other. Again, I'm saying weird times because this is a side hustle. So it's hard to do outside or inside of your job. So that's the kind of three things I would suggest there. Awesome. And I'm curious too. So, do you consider the Next Level Minds podcast like your side hustle now? And if so, are you trying to or have monetized that? Or because I'm, I'm always curious about how to do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so the podcast itself is something that, that you know, at this moment, I don't really plan on monetizing. And I've gotten approached a lot for ads. 
the podcast itself is really a vehicle where I want to impact 1 million people. Um, and it's also a vehicle as well to, to be able to talk with, you know, successful people that have started businesses because, you know, pretty much everyone I interviewed, if I just said like, Hey, I want to talk to you for, for 30 minutes and pick your brain randomly, probably all of them would have said no, but I'm reaching out and saying, Hey, I want to have you on this podcast. We have a pretty solid listener base. We've been listened to in 30 different countries. Like I want you to be on this show and talk about your story. And that's really helped as well. Uh, the side hustle though with Next Level Minds is that coaching where I'm doing some one-off coaching sessions uh, also under that brand. And I would classify this as more of the coaching, but I am starting to book some speaking engagements. Um, I got a couple books so far this year. The goal with speaking and anyone else, anyone out there that wants to be a speaker, I've heard from a lot of people that are really predominant in the speaking industry is book a couple free ones first to really get your feet wet and then you can start charging. So my goal is to have a couple free ones like the first part of this year and then towards, you know, quarter two, quarter three, quarter four of the rest of the year actually be in the position to start charging for some of the speaking engagements as well. Nice. I don't know if you have a quieter space, but I <laughs> I don't know if you can hear there's a plane going over right now. So No, no, I actually used to live like downtown Charlotte and like the way that the planes flew was right over our, our uh, apartment. And so, yeah, I, I totally, I totally understand that. <laughs> Thankfully, where we live now, there's not an airport. It's going to end that thing. If you need to go to the airport, it takes like 25, 30 minutes. But at the same time, there's no planes flying by, which is great. It is, that is good. Um, you mentioned travel, though. And I'm curious, I love traveling, too. Um, any cool places that you've been or any trips that you have planned, maybe, now that the pandemic seems to be kind of becoming more manageable, I guess, maybe is the best way to say it? Yeah, yeah. Um, man, that's a good question. So I, uh, I, I went to um, England when I was in seventh grade because my dad was part of a service nonprofit organization. He, uh, he actually was nominated to, to run as president for a year. Um, and because of that, they had a conference in England and he got to take his family for free. So that's actually the only like family trip I, I went on because of, of those parameters of it essentially being free. Uh, but England was super cool. And I wish I could go back now because like at the time I was in seventh grade and I didn't care anything about like the history of it or like any of the cultural attractions. And I'm like, there's a picture of me like in William Shakespeare's original house and I remember looking at that and being like now now I look at that being like man that is incredible like that is so cool and yeah. now when I was in seventh grade I remember like my mom my mom and I were talking about this the other day actually like actually over the holidays and she's like yeah when you went there like you were not excited you wanted to get <laughs> out of there I'm like well I was like 12 years old what do you think um, right. so that's really cool and then uh I really enjoy uh, Puerto Rico. I've been there before. That was that was a great time. I, I love that culture too. Um, I'm a big surfer, so have better waves there. Um, oh, and nice. then I'd say that the third spot is uh, a little biased because I'm from there, but uh, Charleston, South Carolina, is is an awesome place to visit. Uh, right on the beach, there's three beaches to choose from. There's a ton of bars on the water. Um, you know, it's not like Miami where they're going to charge you, like, you know, an arm and a leg for a beer. So it's still relatively affordable if you want to go out and get some drinks and a nice dinner. Um, and again, biased on that because I grew up in that area. But, but I mean, people, that was voted the number one uh, 
tourist destination for the past you know couple years in a row for for a reason. You know? Oh wow, okay. Well, I have been to England, but I've never been to Puerto Rico, and I don't think I've been to Charleston either. So those are two places I would like to check out. <laughs> Remind me, where do you live again? I'm in Dayton, Ohio. Oh man, well, there's a lot of people from Ohio that move uh, moved down to Charleston. So oh, interesting. I feel like I feel like once you uh, visit down there, you're gonna be like. Hey, I gotta move down here. Now. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. Um, well, I know too, though you're you're involved in some nonprofits in the uh, Charleston area, right? What kind of what kind of work do they do, and what what do you do? So, uh, I, in 2020 and a little bit of 2021, my wife and I worked with uh, Running Works, which essentially what they did was they partner with families that are in tough economic situations, um, and they. First off, they they help them really transition from generally homelessness to living on their own. Um, And they also have a mentor or mentee program where you get paired up with a family. And it could be, you know, a a middle schooler or it could be someone, you know, 30, 40 years old. You get paired up with a mentee. Um, And so last year, my wife and I got paired up with two middle school uh, boys, seventh grade, I believe. crazy situation i mean they were they were like homeless at one point while they were in school i mean it was this incredible story like the fact that they were like homeless and in school for a little bit and so we were mentors for them and, and it, it really was a, a formal process it was more like hey like let's go to lunch you know a couple times a month or we went to top golf one day like just pouring into them because a lot of those a lot of those kids at that age unfortunately just with the background and their living situations they don't really have like a mentor that they can look up to um, and so we were kind of offering that to them. So that we, we did that um, for about a year. Um, and then they didn't do it this past year. So now I just applied, uh, going through the acceptance process right now, but just applied to uh, Big Brothers, Big Sisters, oh, great. Um, which is a similar program. And what's super funny is my mom lived in Charlotte um, when, when she was my age and actually worked in downtown Charlotte where I have a, a co-working office space. And she was actually a mentor in Big Brothers and Big Sisters, so I'm like, man, that's kind of that's kind of cool. Like, what goes around comes around there. Yeah, that's awesome. I've I've been involved. My wife and I um, had a a little, uh, I guess you'd call him, uh, like together, and we we hung out with him for you know all through junior high and high school basically. And he's married now, and uh, it's it's really oh, cool just cool. seeing them grow up. So I'm sure you'll you'll get a lot out of that. That's awesome. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited. That's awesome that you guys did that too, especially now to kind of see him on the other side of like, you know, graduating, being married, all that stuff. So, for sure. Well, um, so if people want to maybe get in touch, uh, you know, considering like the speaking engagements or things like that, or check out your podcast, uh, what's the best way to find you? Yeah, so um, three different formats, uh, or yeah, two different formats I would suggest. So, uh, Instagram is just Chris Chap Chap. Um, CHAP, CHAP, and then um, inst- uh, LinkedIn is just uh, Chris Chapman, um, and I post a lot of content on there, and then uh, the podcast is the next level minds, but yeah, if anyone messages me um, on Instagram or LinkedIn, you know, like I said, I, I try my best to look at all my, my messages on Sunday, uh, and, uh, and I do respond to the ones that actually you know serve value. Uh, rather than hey your car warranty is expired you know those uh, spam <laughs> messages you get so sure awesome um, 
Well, the, the last question I always ask everybody, because this podcast kind of originated with uh, me killing time over the pandemic, um, I just like to know how people are killing time themselves. So are you, uh, is there any books or podcasts or TV shows that you're reading, listening to, or watching at the moment, or that you would recommend? Yeah, I, um, so I just finished High Performance Habits by Brennan Bouchard. Uh, probably the best book that I've ever read because he's trained like presidents, CEOs, athletes. So he literally broke down like after I think he's trained thirty thousand people and he broke down the top six habits. Which I'm gonna, I'm gonna make everyone. I'm not gonna say the six habits because I want people to read the book. Uh, <laughs> so I just finished that um, and I took thirty five pages of notes, which I've never ever done that. So that just explains how good that book is. Um, And then, uh, so podcasts, um, I listen to three podcasts, uh, generally, um, real business owners, which I had hosted that podcast on, uh, on mine, super solid story. Um, and then I listened to how I built this. And then I also listened to, uh, the real AF podcast with, uh, Andrew Priscilla, um, which is a super cool podcast. He, he kind of started from the ground up. And then lastly, just from like a social level, um, my wife and I love hanging out around Charlotte. There's a ton to do. Um, so we, we usually try to, and, and that's kind of my last thing I want to say to you, just from an advice perspective is like, I have so much going on that I, I could fill up my whole Saturday and Sunday with work, but it's super important to like carve out time, especially if you're in a relationship to spend, um, because, you know, unless you're Gary V, like you're not meant to be working 15, 16 hours a day, seven days a week. It's very important to like slow down Saturday and Sunday. You know, I am working Saturday and Sunday, but it's like maybe two or three hours in the morning of only side hustle stuff that I actually am really passionate about. And then on Sunday, it's maybe an hour of work and an hour of just planning for the week. And the rest of that's enjoyable. And so when I'm enjoying my time, I'm on the golf course. Like I love, I'm not the best, right? But I love playing golf. It's like, one of my biggest hobbies right now. Nice. I uh, I love playing golf too, but I uh, for me a good day is when I break a hundred and um, am lower than a hundred. So I'm not I'm not good by any means, but it's fun. Man, we're uh, we're we're literally like on the same boat. Like, I, I should be <laughs> I should be so much better because I like do try to play one or two times a week. But yeah, I mean I I played uh, the other day and shot like a 95. The buddy I played with shot like an 82. He was bummed that he shot an 82, and I'm over here, like, pumped that I shot a 95. (laughs) Yeah, I would be, too. That's great. (laughs) Well, um, awesome. Well, uh, thanks so much for coming on the show and uh, talking with me. I really appreciate it, and um, I uh, encourage everybody to check out the podcast, and um, thanks so much. Yeah. This is an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for the opportunity, and, yeah, if anyone has questions, needs advice, just wants to connect, you know, please reach out. My, uh, you know, I'm always open to work here. Awesome. I'll uh, make sure I put all that in the show notes. So. Perfect. Awesome, man. Sounds good. Thank you so much again. Yep, thank you. Take care. All right, well, that about does it for this episode of Killing Time. I appreciate Chris coming on and talking with me and sharing about his experiences. And I'll include those uh, in the show notes, so be sure to check those out as well. And of course, if you enjoyed this episode, please give it a like or review or share it with a friend and uh, let them know uh, they should listen too. So until next time, take care, everybody.